0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray and i have ellen on the line i'm in the studio all by my lonesome so i have all the lights out and i'm feeling like a like a battered little child so i don't know where oh, this show I'm will go so, so sorry good <laughs> no, evening no.
2: everyone i'm glad to be able to talk to you even though i can't be in studio with ray so um,
1: everyone's yeah, having a no- great night it was funny. I was anticipating you you being here, just forgetting that you said that you had to be in Atlanta. And um, when you sent that text, I went, "Oh no, great! What am I gonna th- What am I gonna talk about now?" But we always manage to make it through it. You know, it's it's um, it's one of those things that. Uh, so I think sometimes maybe we have a better conversation when we're on the opposite end of lines. Never mind sitting in the same room. Um,
2: yeah, we can usually find something
1: to talk about for sure. You know. One of, the things, one of the things that I did want to talk about is I want to suggest to the audience that, that you know, you, you get, to get involved, call 866-472-592. Perfect night to get your topic out here. I have no topics. You know, the funny thing is, is that um, last week and even this week, we, didn't, we, we started with nothing. I mean, I had kind of an agenda in my mind of where I wanted to go and a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. So Ellen said to me, well, what are we talking about? and i said ellen you know i remember when i first got clean and i was visiting meetings on a, on a daily basis and ultimately i got chosen to share my story up at the front of the uh, up at the front of the meeting and and i had no clue that was the first time i ever spoke in front of a an audience for, per se you know in front of 20 30 40 people and you know miraculously now I'm speaking to the world but you know at that time I didn't I looked at my sponsor and I said well, what do I talk about and that was his answer talk about Ray and I try to share that knowledge that I gained very simply by saying, focus on you, focus on Ray. Um, that's how I got to where I am today. That's how I'm, I'm able to bring my message of hope to everyone that is listening over the airwaves. And, so, you know, and I'm
2: sure that every time you tell your story, it comes out a little different. Yeah, you know, I've, I've found that with mine. And I know you know you shared your story with my, my Naranon group not too long ago. And they were, you know, they were so appreciative to be able to hear it, you know, to be able to to hear that message of of hope and and experience and long-term recovery. It's really, really important to get that out there.
1: Right. And I, I do think that, you know, I do agree with you that my story changes. And that, I mean, the base is still the same, but I think with the the fur- the deeper I get into serenity or the better I feel about myself that day, the more acceptance I have and the more, um detailed or calm my story is i remember when i first got clean like i said i had like 3 minutes to be able to share and i tried to junk everything into those 3 minutes made absolutely no <laughs> sense and i went back to my seat and i said look how great i am and you know I did see, fortunately enough, I wasn't one of those people who, and somebody's going to get a little bug up their tail for me saying this, but I wasn't one of those people who threw myself out on the circuit and started following around and doing conventions. And ultimately, what happens is, is that you end up getting, you know, one, five, 10, 17 years clean and your message hasn't changed. And You know, I I feel, what's the sense of me chasing you around? I'm going there to get recovery, not to listen to you for the 45th time. Um, You know, everybody's different. I'm grateful that I can share my experience, strength, and hope and not have to make it my mission to do so. You know, when I I got clean, uh, I said, well, what's next? And a wise person told me, well, what's next is life. Use use these tools properly, and your life will become second to none. And with that, I, I had to really understand and adjust who I was and, and how I was becoming this individual, this adult, which was a scary word. This adult <laughs> yeah. at at twenty eight years old, not even knowing. Where my next meal was coming from, you know, the week prior. So now I think that I'm the great I am and I'm going to save the world and I'm going to crusade across the nation and share my experience. It's just... That just muddies the message to me. So I try, I try not to do that. When people, when people ask me to share my experience like, like you did, I, I do. I, I was told never to say no. But I don't willfully try to wedge my way in there to be, you know, look how great I am up on the stage. And, and the funny thing is, is some of those people, you hear them and, you know, you hear them at a year and they're using profanity. And you figure, you know, well, they'll grow. And at five years, they're using profanity. And at 17 years, they're using profanity. Where's the growth? You know, it's it's about it, it, at that point, it's not about the message. You know, it's about the mess. So, I, I don't want to bang people that are that are out there. You know, um, God, this is just me. I'm talking about me, and I'm talking to the world about me. So, if you don't like what I'm sharing, dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. Tell me I'm all wet. We'll have a discussion about it. What do you think, Ellen?
2: Well, one of the things that you said that I thought was interesting is that your sponsor told you that you had tools. And I can remember hearing people say in meetings, you know, and and I go to recovery meetings for families of addicts and alcoholics, and they told me that I had tools, and I had no idea what they were talking about. You need tools. And, they, you know, they mention a toolkit, and they keep going on and on and on about the tools. And I didn't get it. For a very long time, I didn't get it. You know, the, the tools are, you know, focus on yourself, go to meetings, get a sponsor, start working the steps. Realize that you don't have to go to every fight you're invited to. Realize that, you know, when somebody says something to you, you have a choice of how to react. You know, you don't always have to be angry. You don't always have to jump in and make excuses for whatever it is they're upset about. You know, you, you have choices and, there are, are ways, there are right and wrong ways to do things, and maybe there's ways in between. But I was very confused about tools for a long time. And I, I think you get it.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's all part of the growth factor. You know what I mean? Like these things are given to you, and you're not even sure what they are or what to do with them. And some people carry them around and and don't ever really ever get to express or use them because they run back out the door um either you know in an addict's case using or in a loved one's case into the back into the chaos of active addiction of their exactly. of their loved one
2: to whatever they, yeah you
1: know and you know the the thing about it is can't. The thing about it is, is I, I think that I think all of this stuff was instilled in us when we were children. If we had a decent, uh, caring, loving upbringing, then I think morals, and I think that's what the tool bag really is. It's a, it's just a set of morals. It's not anything that I hadn't learned in my first seven years of growth you know it now it's just putting it into into work in an adult way to find out how i make it through like you said you don't you don't always have to uh go to every fight you're invited to i don't know how long i struggled with that and i think the reason why i kept getting enticed and invited is as i was saying before i unplugged my mic on myself um (laughs)
2: Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Was hey, it's
1: a, hey, it's about honesty today, and I had to tell myself <laughs> I un- I unplugged well, my mic. One was, of the
2: tools, right?
1: Yep. I was adjusting. I was adjusting, and I adjusted just a little bit too much. Ah,
0: so, okay.
1: So yeah, back to you know the tools that we were given. I think there's a lot of things that that were instilled in me. They were just like pushed and, and, and stuffed so far in that I had no clue how to find them or how to use them or even how to find them. You know, and, and fortunately enough, with time, all these little doors opened up and all of this stuff came flooding out. And fortunately, I was able to embrace what was happening. Um, I see people with time... And you know, I I don't necessarily know what what the the stumbling block is, but they 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 stay stagnant, and sadly, those are the people that don't ultimately make you know uh, longevity. And I, I it would be great if, and here I'm going to say. Something silly, but it would be great if we had a pill that we could ingest and and give all that stuff to everybody. But as a good addict, I'd abuse that too. Um, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, if one gives him, it gives me it all. Then two will give me more. You know, it's it's um it's crazy. But you know, something I'm grateful today that I have what I have, and it it came. Um, with struggle. It came with strife. And I, and I look back and, and, it, and it comes with a whole lot of gratitude that there was a lot of people there helping me get out of my own way. So if you're out there and you're confused, if you're out there and you're defiant, if you're out there and you just don't know what to do, Go to someone who seems to be doing the right thing. I'm going to say go to a 12-step meeting. Reach out to somebody who has some kind of recovery base in their life and find a new way to live. Because the way that I chose to live, it it scares me today. I, I do know even with 28 years clean, that today's a good day to get high because I'm an addict. And when I say that, people with five, six, seven years go like, that guy's nuts. Well, you haven't grasped it yet. The reality is, is that I'm an addict and one of the options is getting high. Hopefully, I never have to use that option with the tools that Ellen was talking about that I was referring to. Hopefully, those that tool bag that I have is solid and and full of things that can, you know, if, if anybody and anybody remembers a Rolodex, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people do. I don't think we use them anymore. But there are a bunch of little cards. And ultimately, using is one of those cards. Hopefully, the other ninety nine on that roll are all the positive things before I have to pull that using card, but well, the reality I think
2: the is, awareness you know that you have the awareness that you have to be careful and that that you have to you know you know that today is a good day to get high you know that that very awareness i think is probably one of the things that keeps you on the straight and narrow, is it not?
1: Uh, no, absolutely, and and I don't, you know, you said awareness, and that that's really what it is. I don't go to places where there is alcohol. Served. I don't go to well. I, I I can't say I don't go to places where there's alcohol served because I go to restaurants and stuff. I just don't sit in the midst of people who are actively drinking and getting drunk. I don't sit with people who are um, using cocaine. I don't sit with people who are using heroin. That's just those are those are my basic triggers. Stay away from that and everything else. You have a chance at staying clean. But if I willfully put myself in those situations, I have already relapsed in my mind before I have physically picked up the substance. So how does that happen? How do I get myself into a spot where I am willfully walking into a use when I'm still actively clean? It's because I'm not practicing the spiritual principles that were laid out to me. On a daily basis, it's either, you know, I saw on a bumper sticker, it's uh, it, it had Einstein's face, and it said, "You can't simultaneously prepare for war and practice peace." So in turn, you can't ultimately prepare for using and practice recovery. It just doesn't work. You're doing one or the other. I choose to try to stay on the side of of recovery today. And how I do that is is I express who I am, how I am, to the people around me. And also, right this moment, to people around the world uh, that, that I'm an addict. And if you see me in a funny situation, it's way cool to tell me, You know, it's way cool to pull my coat. Dude, you think you belong here? You know, and if I snap back at you saying, yeah, I belong here, then I have already relapsed myself back into that if I haven't actively picked up the drink or the drug. And that's the sad thing about it. Um, It
2: really is. And one of the things you said that, that set something off in my mind was defiance, practicing defiance. And it does seem to me like there is kind of a defiant attitude you know, among the population that's actively using. And, I, you know, I have an example of that. I have a friend, as you know, who is homeless. Mm -hmm. I also have a lot of contacts in the recovery industry, and I know with one or two phone calls, I could get him in treatment. I could get him in a halfway house, and he would have a chance. But he won't go. He doesn't want to go. And that's very hard for me to understand, you know, because here you're being offered things that, you know, a lot of people can't get and you won't take it because you would rather stay out live under a bridge and drink
1: but let me ask you a question um when was the last time you let him cut your grass or paint your house or enabled him in any way to stay underneath that bridge
2: um (laughs) <laughs> Last weekend, I bailed
1: him out of jail. <laughs> All right. See? So, as long as we have that out, we will always take the route of easy. And, you know, the fear but of the unknown. easy? We'll, how is
2: that easy? How well, is it's not I, 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 easy?
1: It's, well, how is it easy? Yes. Because it's being comfortable in the uncomfortability that we have built. Wow, well, who knows? Who knew what was on the side of me getting clean? Who knew what would happen if I ultimately got an apartment? I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't pay my bills. You know, so what makes me think that I'm going to all of a sudden pop into being a productive member of society? It's part of the process of getting, you know, when he gets to a saturation point, if he's ultimately you know fortunate enough to still be with us then he will step up out of his funk and and do what's right but until that point and until everybody stops enabling him around them then you know it it that's just the way that it goes and and you know as well as i do it's 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 insidious and for definitely is. Yeah, and, and that's, it's a sick mind out there. I mean, I, it's a sick mind in here that you're listening to on the, on the show. But, but I fortunately use what was put in front of me so that I don't have to act out on that sick person that was out on the street. So I just want to say this before we go to break. If you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org that's ray at miraclesandrecovery.org we'll have you on the show and we can focus on what you have to bring to recovery to the recovery community so before we go to break I want to give you the number again it's 866-472-5792 that's 866-472-5792 I'd like to see somebody on the line on the other side we'll be back in a moment
2: Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, Spores, and More with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness
3: Network. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the World of Nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health Professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. You can visit us on our Twitter at at 855-STOP-USING that's at 855-STOP-USING or our Facebook page Miracles in Recovery backslash Miracles in Recovery. Uh, we usually or I try to put up links to archived shows on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and everything like that so that if you don't get to listen to it live uh, you can at least listen to it some other way. And you know that our audience is is slowly growing but I would love to have some participation from that audience. So dial 866-472-5792 share a little bit about who you are, what you are, what you would like to hear about and we can go from there. Just call in, say my name is Joe and I want to hear about this and I'll just take it from there. We'll just talk about whatever it is you want to hear about. Um We'll even talk about Alan leaving me in the studio here by myself all night.
2: (laughs) Well, it wasn't by
1: choice.
2: (laughs) It wasn't by choice. Work calls, I have to go.
1: So you're in Atlanta.
2: I'm in Atlanta. Not my
1: favorite place. When you you go to Atlanta, do you go to, um, like, Alan on meetings there? Yes,
2: I do. I do. And and do you find them? them, Of course. I find them online. And no, I but usually, do you find you them any different? Do, no. The only difference is, you know, where, I, where we live, I know almost everybody in every meeting because I've been going for a lot of years. When I come here, I don't know anyone. Right, right, right. The format right, right. is the same, and the, the love that you feel in the rooms is the same. Um, I have been to some that are so large that they're only speaker meetings, and I'm not used to that. You know the meetings that I got Oh, and an Al Anon meeting? A speaker people. meeting?
1: Huh. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. they you know, I, you know, Atlanta's a large city and obviously they True. have some pretty prominent rehabs and some of the Al Anon meetings are actually held at the rehabs. And a lot of times those are speaker meetings. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that that
1: makes sense, I guess, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, any, you know, something, any, we don't any have a lot of, p-
2: of speakers unless it's an anniversary or celebration or some sort or of a convention. You know, you guys in the NA and AA and some of the, you know, the ones for specifically for people with substance use disorder will have speakers a lot. Um, and I, I listen to them and I appreciate mm-hmm. what they're saying, but it's good to hear an Al-Anon speaker too.
1: Oh no, it absolutely is because you get to hear the other side of the of the other side of the coin like i I never knew what real damage I did to my family because I was the one that was inflicting it. I wasn't the one that was absorbing it and um until until I had that opportunity a few years ago and and it was kind of like. It was it was strange for me to to feel the other side of the coin, and and my mind, some of my mind was saying, you know, how do I turn this off? And while I was enabling the individual, how do I turn this off? And like I'm the one that's supposed to be doing this, not somebody else. I'm I'm not supposed to be on this side of the coin, and you know, so it ultimately allowed me to grow on that aspect of my recovery as well, because I, I, you know, they told me when I first came around to focus on me, focus on me, focus on me. This is a selfish program. Focus on me, focus on me. And I didn't, you know, I knew it was about focusing on me because I had to get myself to a safe space in order to be able to embrace what this new thing called life. But, you never really hear on and after. I mean, in the in the in the readings you do, but you, you never really hear about the other side of the coin. Living living the life of a person in recovery dealing with someone who's active. There's a lot of people out there that deal with that because their significant other goes back out, or they're just in a chaotic situation. Yeah, or children. I, I've ne- i would never had to walk it until that few years ago, and, and that was so, so, so foreign to me. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, I hurt more just in that short time of concern than I did with dealing with what I did with my family, because, because they told me at that time, focus on you, it's a selfish program. I, well, that's how and I they got they
2: tell it. us that in the rooms as well, because mm-hmm. we're not. You know, we're focusing, we're putting all our focus on the addict. And right. you know, one of the things, one of the things that they told me when I first came in is probably why I stayed was that if you get better, then your addict will get better. And you know, maybe yes, maybe no, but that that gave me enough, I guess, hope that I would. I, I decided to stick with it a little while and see what would happen. And, right. You know, one of the, I've had a lot of. <laughs> One of the things we always say is that, you know, the the addicts and the alcoholics need AA and NA and, and, you know, all of the recovery-type programs. Everybody needs Al-Anon. Because it teaches you just not just how to live with an addict or an alcoholic, but how to live with everybody.
1: Yeah, and 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 I would have to say... I would have to say, twelve-step recovery programs give you some kind of a guideline. It, they may, they may probably should be brought up to today's standards. But if you have someone who is your guide, you know, quote unquote, your sponsor, then then they should be able to do that as well. You know, they should be able to help enlighten you on the change and 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 where you should be where you should be going. And sadly. Um, you know, not everyone is able to be able to accept that and, and well, with and that. part
2: of it is being able to take direction, mm-hmm. I think. You know, when you when you select a sponsor, then, then you, are, you are asking somebody, basically, teach me the spiritual principles that I need to know to be able to function better in my life. And that, you know, when I talk to my sponsor... That's what she told me. You know, if you go through the steps, the last one is having had a spiritual awakening, we try mm-hmm. to carry this message to others. Right. And to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I had and she told me that recently. You know, I've been in these programs for a while, and I just thought, wow, that's, that's the key. It's that spiritual awakening. That's what yes. makes the difference uh-huh. between, you know, somebody who's just stopped and somebody who has made a change And learn how to live life and be, if not happy, at least serene and content and peaceful. And that's what we're all kind of looking for, I think.
1: Yeah, no, and and you know, fortunately enough, when I when I asked uh, the the gentleman uh, that is my sponsor even today, after so many years, to be my sponsor, it was really at the time I was in a I was in a uh, recovery housing program i'm going to say it was a halfway house and half the world will think i was in a sober living facility it was in a it was in a halfway house the real kind the northern kind, not the southern kind. <laughs> not
2: the and, kind. That
1: you uh, have now. <laughs> yeah, sad that we have to classify and clarify that today. But it was the reality was, is that we had meetings, we had counselors, we had, we had the whole deal. This was you had in requirements 19- that you had to
2: make, you know, and you had to live by. Them.
1: One of one of the requirements was within within uh, thirty days, you needed to. Embrace someone as your sponsor. So, I, of course, I went right to the first meeting and looked for somebody that I knew. Ultimately, I saw somebody who I hadn't seen in four years, who I thought was dead, sitting in a meeting, and I walked up to him and, um, you know, I embraced him and said, "Hey, how you doing?" I thought you, you know, and then something told me, "Well, you're going to ask him to be your sponsor because this is this is your your get out of jail free card." Because you know him, he's just going to go yeah, and um, that was it. So the next week, I went with the intention, feeling like I was asking this guy to be my Valentine, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because because I don't know, I just didn't. I just, will you be my sponsor? I didn't. I didn't get it. I had no clue. I didn't get it. So I asked him, and he didn't like say yeah. He didn't say no, but he didn't say yeah. He said. Well, you want what I got. I said, well, I don't know what you have. I haven't seen you in the past four years. He said, well, are you willing to do what is necessary to stay clean, to stay involved, to live the life that I'm living? And I said, I don't know all of that stuff. All I know is that they told me I needed to get a sponsor. So I'm asking you, if you're going to say no, then I'll go ask somebody else because I need a sponsor. And we had a conversation, and, and after, after that conversation, I don't remember word for word. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do remember about our conversations, but that one I don't remember because I was still cloudy and I was just focused on getting my need filled not, not ours or yeah, his, my need filled. And um, ultimately, when we came out of it, I, I came out with a little bit different understanding of, of what it was that I was asking him to help me with. And, you know, one of the, one of the most important things that we can do is we can walk up to someone in a, in a meeting environment and let them know who we are. We don't have to ask them who they are. We just let them know who we are. And ultimately what we do is we let we let our guard down a little bit and we allow someone in. I know that I was walking around like a wall. I had a wall around me. Even though I was surrounded by friends using, um, you know, there were things that I did with this pack. There were things I did with that pack. There were things. So when I got into the halls of recovery or the you know into like a meeting environment i had no clue how to act so i didn't know what to do and and one of the things that he suggested like right away was tell on yourself and it doesn't mean you know i i did seven stickups and you know this and that and that's all silly stuff that's all that's all gangster crap that can stay at the door what he meant was stop finding out who ray is now and you'll have a better chance of understanding what is going on in this meeting. And it's not about, you know, you'll have a better chance at life, you'll have a better chance at this, you'll have a better chance at getting a car. No, it's about you'll get a better chance at understanding who you are and where you came from. Don't throw away where you came from. You need to embrace where you came from. If you are sitting on a street corner right now with a bag of rags as luggage, that's okay as long as you step up, pick yourself up, get off that corner, get somewhere where there's somebody in recovery, and ask for help. Even if it's just to go in and get a coffee, even if it's in just to go get a donut. There's some meetings that still have donuts. There's some meetings that have hot dogs. Go in and get a hot dog. Maybe you'll hear something. Maybe that will accidentally save your life. And, and, and that's the thing that I don't know how many people out there that had all the good intentions of getting to a meeting. I know for me, I, I had all the good intentions of getting to a meeting. By the time meeting time came at night, I was so high I couldn't get in the door. Or even if I did, I was, I was an embarrassment to be there. And, um, you know, ultimately, it doesn't matter how you make it. It matters that you do make it because there's people out here that love you and there's people out here that care. So pick yourself up. And my my cell phone number is 866. No, it's not. That's the one to call in. 855-STOP-USING. That's 855-STOP-USING. If we're not on the air and I'm not in the studio, if you call that number, it'll, it'll forward ring to my phone. Call me from anywhere. I have, we, we have connections. That's the great thing about the recovery community. I don't, maybe I don't personally know someone in Cincinnati, but I have networking to be able to get somebody to you or get you to somebody to, to help you through what it is that you're going through. So if you, if you don't call in now, 866-472-5792, Call eight five five stop using, and we will help you the best we can with what we have, and and that's even internationally. I mean, we we accept international calls. Call in if 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 we can understand you, we can help you. <laughs> For sure.
2: <laughs> For sure. And, and the same if you're a family member and you you know you've got a loved one who is suffering with this with this disease, call us because I've been there too. I know what you're going through, and there right. are so, things that you can do to make yourself feel better. And, yeah, and exactly. To... We can't cure anyone else. We we can't make an addict stop using, but we can stop feeding into it and and stop living in the chaos. And sometimes that helps. You know, sometimes that helps them, but it, You know, you you can definitely take care of you, and that's the important right.
1: thing. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like perfect case in point. Uh, my mother is listening in on the uh, on the show. She she usually listens. And you know, she, she's told that story about her having to go up in front of her peers. She was a nurse and she had to go up in front of her her peers at a, a CEU thing or something, and she had to say goodbye to me in front of people that she didn't even know. And I wasn't even there. I wasn't even aware. I was out running around like a nut. And that's how she had to process herself away from my active using. So there are there are so many different things, not only for the addict, but like for Ellen says, for the family. You know, I, I totally understand where they come from now because of recent experience. And it's not a happy place. You know, it's a struggling place. It's a completely different set of um, rules that we play by being on being on the other side of the fence. When I was an addict, a- anything went, you know, I didn't care. It was just go until stop.
2: Well, and, yeah, and your family is the easiest to take advantage of because, you know, they're probably, at least initially, not going to turn you in if you steal from them. They're probably going to put up with your behavior a lot longer than anyone else. So the family really catches a lot of um, misery from, from oh. you know, what the active addict is doing. It's very, very difficult to live with that. And and if you're trying to deal with it alone, you're going to get crazy really quick. You know, we always we have a saying that we get sicker than the addict and the alcoholic.
1: Oh, this is very true. You know, be be yeah. because because at least I was medicating myself. I was hiding behind something. I could I could Push those feelings away with with a chemical or with alcohol or whatever it was that I was using. Whereas someone in the family, um, that's all just raw nerve right there. That's that's total raw nerve. I, I I'm gonna I, I giggle and, and we only have like thirty seconds left. But I remember. Being out on the street with with my friends and our frantic families driving around looking for us, and we we are just all giggling and not even knowing the damage that we were doing, but our families were packing up in the car and driving around the neighborhoods looking for us in, in total fear and despair that they've lost their child to another child to addiction, you know, yeah. and and that's a scary place. We'll we'll, uh, really we'll 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 talk about that on the other side of the break and. Uh, We'll share a little bit more about this when we come back.
2: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Did you know that nearly a third of Americans have made us the number one country in obesity rates in the world? It's true. It's time for right choices. Tune in every week for the show that aims to make you healthier. You don't need a lot of time, money, or even need to travel far. Host Dietrich Wright will show you what you can do easily to be more fit, healthier, have more energy, and live a better life overall. Be sure to make us a part of your weekend every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. What causes us to be sick?
1: Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and
2: solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations,
1: Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's health and wellness channel.
1: Welcome back for the final segment of the evening. That always sounds so final, doesn't it? These shows go by, like, so quick. I'm, I'm trying to look back on what it was that we were saying. And, and, you know, what was it that we were talking about just before we went to the break? Oh, about families uh, feverishly chasing around the neighborhood looking for and their lost children. Your,
2: your lost children, of
1: course. You know, and, 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 this, and
2: the kids. Or that, mm. know, the people who are, who are actively using, they have no clue, you know, the anguish that right. this behavior
1: is causing. Right. Yeah. now, that, But, you know, that's all part of the cycle. I mean, the, the, you know, I was out there in in some sort of anguish myself, even though I was lying to myself to keep myself out on the street. You know, I would, I would always say, you know, I, I'm not hurting anyone but myself but then why was i ducking when i saw my my family car drive down the avenue because because i knew <laughs> that i was hurting you were doing right because i knew that i was hurting more than myself and you know sadly we lie to ourselves out on the street like that only to be able to our, our disease and you know disease dis-ease. You know, I, there was never an easy day out there for me, so it was uh, pretty much diseasy. Um, you know, however you want to look at that word, however you want to embrace it, I know that there's people out there that say it's not a disease. Well, it, you know something. It was never easy, so it was diseasy, um, and, you know, I'm grateful today that I can look back and Re- have the remember wins of when i was out there active all of that stuff like they say you know go to 90 meetings in in 90 days or go well now i just lied to myself again i used to say go to 90 meetings in 90 days or they used to say go to 90 meetings in 90 days and i would go 3 a day in 30 I'd get my 90, 90 meetings in and then hey, I would. not Yeah, I did it. And then I'd go back out and use again and I wouldn't know how. I, so it's go to a meeting a day for 90 days. And then I would like to say, if you don't like what we have to offer, we will gladly refund your misery. So ultimately, here is a chance to be able to get out of your own way and allow something greater than. You, sitting on a street corner, homeless, helpless, and loveless, are offering your life. There's a group of people out there. There's, there's millions of people that are in recovery. There's probably somebody, if you have earbuds in and you're listening to this on the subway, there's probably somebody sitting to your left or right that has recovery, has found a new way to live, and will take your hand and show you you know you just have to ask you just have to reach out uh, we can't go out on the street and bundle people up and throw them in meetings and say it's your turn it doesn't
2: work yeah, that if way if only we could if only we could life would be a lot easier for all of us right. right we wouldn't we wouldn't have
1: these way. we wouldn't have these 144 people a day dying you know that's a that's a huge number and that's only it's going a to get number. it's only going to get greater that number is a very small number to where it's going to get 144 people is crazy number but and that I is going to double i think
2: that it's bigger than that you know if that's the official count i suspect there are a lot more
1: oh right 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 that that's that it's going to double it's going to triple it's going to quadruple it's going to be a thousand a day before this is all over with sadly yeah. Do you want to give up a thousand people? I don't even know if I know personally. Well, I, I mean, I've been around for quite a while, so I probably do know a thousand people. But I, that would be my whole community that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Every single child that I played baseball, that I played football, that I played soccer, that I got high with—that would be that would be wiping out a neighborhood. That's that's terrifying. If it chose, if it chose to spot right like 144 people is nationwide but if it just ch- chose if the disease chose to spot for one night and took out 144 people in one city which which ultimately it has there's been times where 6 to 9 people you know yeah. die within a die within a community but can you imagine like if it, if it's spotted where it was just wiping out like hundreds of people and that's ultimately what it's doing and we don't understand it and we don't see it and we don't embrace it because it's one here and it's one there and it's not my kid and it's not my nephew and there's another kid over there and oh yeah I always knew that that kid on the corner there well, he was I knew he was bad news uh, we got to get out of that mode because because we're dying we're dying well, before and I our think time
2: it is beginning to change a little bit because it has affected so many people I mean you can't go anywhere and you know if you start talking about this and people don't like to talk about it but they should it's important to you know to be honest about it but if you talk about it people will open up and almost every family has been affected by this you know particularly with the opioid epidemic and there's there's a meth epidemic creeping around the fringes of this that nobody's talking about but, you know, it used to be the trailer parks and, and, you know, it was the drug of choice for rural areas. It's everywhere now because it's coming up from Mexico. They don't manufacture it here anymore. Too dangerous, things blowing up. They bring it up from Mexico, and it, it is no. becoming a very big
1: problem. Right, and, and that's true. I mean, in the sense of, you know, living down here when we were, um, speaking of pill mills, and I remember saying, you know what's going to, you know what's going to flood behind it? Heroin's going to flood behind it. Once we get and rid of the is. pills, they're still going to need something, and heroin flooded behind it. And so now we're down here, and we're at trying to eradicate all the heroin. What's going to come next? It's not. There's always going to be next. And there's it, always going to right. be someone, and there's always going to be someone stepping into someone else's ghost. You know how do we? How do we? change that curve you know we need we need to get this message out there and we need to i i think i think we we spin our wheels a lot like people in government say yeah this is what we need to do and then something affects their personal or um political life and they veered off and we'll we'll worry about the addicts later well, no. Uh,
2: that's happened over and over again. You know, we have yeah. we have an opioid commission that was appointed when President Trump first came into office. But I'm not really seeing a whole lot of action yet, and I'm waiting. I've been waiting with bated breath.
1: And well, you know, the, I have get a lot
2: of news feed on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen some stuff, but you know, today today's world really is in a in a stricken place you know Uh, everybody's everybody's pointing fingers and everybody's you know so it's easier to to pee on the addicts you know it's easier to just let them muddle around until they break into my house or until it comes up my driveway will i worry about it and it has nothing to do with the president has nothing to do with it just it's just government as a whole, right. that big it's creature and the yeah.
2: bureaucracy and the, the slowness yeah. of everything it, yeah, but I find that it big, very frustrating because they yeah. they have at least admitted, yes, we have a huge problem, yes, we need to do something about it, and now you know it's it's a huge problem in a huge country. What do we do? you know how right. are we going to quickly put something in place that's going to infiltrate into every you know we have law enforcement. We have court systems. We have hospitals. All of these places need to change thinking, policies, you know, protocols, and mm-hmm. that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of very careful thinking, you know, with with people who know what they're what they're doing. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm, I'm hopeful
1: And I that think that's you know something I money. think that's the. I think that's the overwhelming feeling of of it because they know that it needs to be that radical drastic change of everything uh-huh. how do you go about how do you go about doing that you know like um We'll take we'll take say just the the Palm Beach VA hospital. Okay, so they put they put a program in place and and they have uh, programs for alcoholism. They have programs for addiction for PTSD, and the addicts and alcoholics that go to those programs are they, they're getting good numbers out of there. Uh-huh. So so they're getting good numbers out of there but how do you how do you bleed that out into everywhere else where somebody else's VA system is a total mess and people are dying waiting to see the doctors so so the whole system is like broken we you know it would be beautiful if we could go back to 1960 put all of this stuff in place and then pop back into where we are and, and we would wake up and there would be rainbows and, but that's not reality the reality is is that it's broken all the way around how do we even unbreak the people who haven't experienced outside of the casual knowledge of addiction you know I don't know how uh, you know there was last year all of those, those uh, tens of thousands of people that went up for that uh, recovery day at, in, at, the, at, the, uh, at the capitol Mm-hmm. What came of that? What came of that? Was it just a was it just a, a a show of good faith? I mean, I don't know what came of it. You don't see much happening in wheels spinning. You know, it it would be great if we could get somebody uh giving the country weekly updates on what it is. Governor Christie just said that um we need to we need to um make it a national uh, we emergency. I don't think know? it
2: needs to be it, it needs to be coordinated from one place not in individually in the states the way they insurance No, because that's do what do yeah, it gets bro- it gets,
1: yeah it gets broken that way because yeah. everybody's doing 27 different things 27 different ways but there does there does need to be some kind of a coordinated effort uh nationally as to where each and every state but then you'll have states saying you know don't tell me what I need to do but anyway um you know there needs to be some the kind of why
2: is the problem
1: yeah It needs to be some kind of format as to what we can follow, and that way, at least that 144 won't grow, because it is going to. And and sadly, you know, like when we all said, heroin's coming to Florida, what happened? It did. Right? Yeah, it did. It did,
2: and we said it over and over. A lot of people said it. You know, these drugs are heroin. And when when you take the drugs away, the you know the, the pharmaceutical right. drugs away, what are they going to replace it with? Because they can't stop. No, it's they not can't. Something that's easy know. to stop. You and know, you it, know, it's it's, physical, differ- it's mental. It's spiritual. It's you know, it's a very complex monster that has been And you know,
1: the, and- you know, being. Being part of that monster or that whole monster cycle, we we have about a minute left. So being a part of that whole monster cycle, and this is something maybe we can talk about next week, the other side of the coin, the the doctors, the people who are who are pushing it out on the street. Um, mm-hmm. I I think they are just as sick and suffering, and they're addicted to something as well. They're addicted to money. They're addicted to the, to the, to the, to the fame, to the glory, to the importance of what it is that they're doing. You know, look how many people want me. Look how many people are, are you know, standing at my door. I'm pushing these pills. We have like 30 seconds left, so I just want to say um, good night, Ellen.
2: Good night.
1: And we got kind of cut off real quick there. The show goes by way too quick. So I just want to say that, uh, you know, it was a pleasure talking to the world tonight. And uh, with that, always remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope Hope is in your corner. Hope is
2: in your corner.
1: Good night, everybody. Stay blessed.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery.